to another episode of Sweet Tea and Coffee. I'm sitting here, as always, with Blake Russell. And yeah. He didn't let me get to my name. I had to make sure that people knew I was here. I mean, you were said I was you here. You haven't but... been saying as much in the episodes, and I'm just going to tell you, people have noticed. Mm-hmm. I'm just so enthralled in the stories that we're hearing mm-hmm. that I just have nothing to say. And, it, you know, you have to kind of see our setup. Blake's also got it's a new setup, gigantic computer yeah. in front of him, and he's pushing all the buttons, making us all mm-hmm. sound sound good. You need to get one of those things that adds like the sounds. What <laughs> yeah, are those like things a little called. Oh goodness, it's like a switch. It's like yeah, you get all or the if we like yeah. if we you know applause. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, right. You definitely that kind need of thing. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get to. Oh, I was going to get to my name. My name is Kendall McDonald. Right. And. Uh, we're glad to be here with you. We just love doing this, and this is so fun. And today, we've got a all-time, mm-hmm. an all-time guest. It's a Fredonia Hill Hall of Famer. Whole Fredonia Hill Hall of Famer, and uh, and you're just you're just gonna love this guest. So let me tell you how I met. Nope, we'll save it yeah. for after yeah, the yeah, theme yeah, music. Just do the theme music. All right, here we go. I said we've got an all-timer here. We're sitting here with Sheila Cupid. And she is, if you know Sheila, you know how happy she is to be here, uh, meaning she's not happy to be here at all. She's <laughs> uh, actually not enjoying this yet. But we'll get there. Sheila's going to enjoy this here by the time this is this is over. But Sheila's an all-timer. And Sheila, i got to tell this story before we before we just jump in. I, my encounter with Sheila, I'd just been hired here, and... I had to, uh, we were living in Missouri at the time. And so we weren't going to be able to, to come and, and make a visit uh, in order to get all HR and paperwork and stuff done. And Sheila was working uh, at, at the time, uh, covering all that for the church. And so I just got an email that said, Hey, call Sheila Cupid and she'll get you set up with payroll and all that kind of stuff. So I'm nervous. I mean, I say my job, I'm calling the office for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make a good impression. And I call the office and I say, um, this is Kendall McDonald. I've just been hired as the university pastor, and I need to speak with Shilia, <laughs> Shilia Cupid. <laughs> and, and I didn't know this. You know, I didn't know who it was at the time, but it was Arelli. Arelli was on the phone, and Arelli, <laughs> Arelli goes, "Who?" <laughs> and then I'm immediately, you know, I was I was nervous to begin with, and then when it was a who. I mean, I just kind of fell apart. It's like, oh no, uh, Sheila, and I'm sure I, you know, just botched it even more. There's that sneaky little eye in your name. It is, and and I, so I totally messed it up. I finally got on the phone with you, and you were so gracious and kind with my bumbling. But that was my introduction to Sheila. Uh, so, Sheila, welcome to the podcast. We're super glad that you're here. Thank you. My mom um, wanted me to be different, so she spelt my name different. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. That's where it came oh. from. Well, she sure messed me up. She did. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. Well, okay. So, Sheila, we got to start out with uh, a the, maybe the most important question we're going to ask you today. We're going to ask you a lot of important questions, but the most important question, and I think I know the answer, but uh, you know, we call this podcast "Sweet Tea and Coffee," and you've told us that you're not quite a friend of the pod yet, but you're going to be. Absolutely. So it was your confession that you hadn't listened to any episodes yet. But after this, after you become internet famous, you're going to listen to all the episodes, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's only 60 you have to catch up with, so it should be easy. It should be easy. Okay. So 
Which camp are you in? Sweet tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I'm not upset about that. It's okay. Everybody always looks at me like, "What's my reaction going to be?" Because you're the sweet tea guy. Yeah, I enjoy a good cup of sweet tea. Of course, we glass look at of you. sweet tea. Of course, we look at you because the numbers are are mounting. I don't know for our scorekeepers out there. I think sweet tea is maybe so well behind. Anyway, okay. Thank you for settling that. When did you become a coffee drinker? Um, probably when I was in my. 30s and I had children. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> those, those late Needed nights. Needed the caffeine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Lots of caffeine. I think I think uh, that's when Lindsay started to drink black coffee. You know, before she was kind of the foo-foo coffee, and yeah. then it's like just by necessity. I don't even, have, to, to, I don't even have time to put creamer <laughs> yeah, in this. Yeah. No, I'm still foo-foo. It's not. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. For sure. That's true. Well, seriously, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. And we love to start with guests by just talking about how you got to the piney woods of East Texas. You that story for you begins well before you were born. So, how did you how did you arrive in Nacogdoches? What's your story and your family's story in getting here? My family's always been from Nacogdoches County. My um dad's parents were from Douglas. My grandmother was born at Memorial Hospital. My mom was born at Memorial Hospital. My siblings and I were mm. born at Memorial Hospital. <laughs> that's amazing. So when you say Ben, you yeah, know, yeah, Nacogdoches, you, she's that's a us. Ben. We are, I am yeah. a Ben. I've always been here. I always loved Nacogdoches. So, so. you grew up, grew up here, mm-hmm. spent your entire childhood here? When I was a baby, my dad worked in Washington State, and we lived in Washington State briefly and then lived in Houston briefly. But when we started elementary school, it was Nacogdoches. Mm. We stayed and grew up, went to elementary school, middle school, high school, college, everything in Nacogdoches. That's amazing. Never left. Never home. left. I love it. I love Never it. Never left. Okay, so so what was growing up like? What's what was family like? What did what was your family involved in? I mean, they've been here for a long time. What were they involved in? Siblings, talk about your family. My um, you know, I've have lived a blessed life. Always my grandparents, both sides, were Christian. My aunts and uncles were believers. You know, it was always wow. It was always about Christ. Mm. Um, I have Kim and Lane and Sabrina and myself. Yeah. We were always, Kim, let's see, there's four years between Kim and I. And she's the oldest. And so mom had her hands full. <laughs> you know, and then Lane was two years after Kim. Then Sabrina was a year after her. And then 11 months later, I was born. So it was like stair yeah. steps. And so it was always, um, we always did everything together. You know, we were always really close. Yeah. Um, mom worked and we went to, her name was Mama Chance. We called her Mama Chance. We went to Mama Chance's for um, child care before we started school. And she was like a, another grandparent. Mm. Her and pa- Papa Oscar were mm-hmm. grandparents to us. But my um, great-grandfather was a pastor. So it was always... Wow. Always about the Lord. Did you? Did you? At, I mean, growing up, did you realize how unique that was? Or 
did you just kind of one day later on go, wow, that's that's yeah, not everybody's story? It was story. just the way I think when I got in high school, middle school and high school, you kind of started yeah. realizing that's not everybody's yeah. background and their story. Um, when we, I don't know, I guess when I was six is when we started coming to Fredonia Hill. Hmm. So it's been a long time, <laughs> long time. Um, when I was eight, now I'm really going to date myself, <laughs> but there was a Eddie Martin crusade, which was a citywide crusade, hmm. and it was where Norfolk Plaza is now, which okay. is the, where the movie theater mm-hmm. is, and there was a trailer, and the evangelist was up on the trailer, and the whole city came, wow. and we had a revival and all of that, and I remember so vividly, and I'm trying not to cry, you know, saying that, you know, we're sinners. Mm-hmm. And I was eight, you yeah. know, and you're thinking, how much could yeah. an eight-year-old, how, yeah. how much of a sinner could an eight-year-old be? <laughs> oh, I, ha- I, okay. I, can att- I can testify. <laughs> but I just remember so vividly and clearly him speaking about even at the cross, you know, and before the cross and the people saying, crucify him. You know, that was me, too. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, and we went every night because we always went to church. If it was open, we were there. And so we went to revival every night. And I remember um, my uncle was sitting next to me. And I don't remember if it's the last night or the night before the last night. But I just knew I needed to go forward. Mm. And so him telling me, you know, oh, you're just tired because I'm eight. And I said, oh, no, <laughs> this, entire- <laughs> this is real. You know, hmm. the Holy Spirit is pricking my heart, hmm. and I'm a sinner. I've got to take care of this tonight. Hmm. And so I went forward, accepted the Lord as my Savior, and I stood up, and Sabrina was there with me. Oh, you didn't know that y'all had gone Mm-mm. together? No, and so oh, she wow. was there with me. And so just the, um, oh, to have your sister there. You know, the same night. And so we went through, I mean, we did that, and then we went through believers, new believers class with Brother Dotson that was here and got baptized the same day. So it's just oh, my word. phenomenal. You yeah, know, to what, me. A, what a. And I remember connection. later telling Brother Dotson, thanking him. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, because. You are such a vital part of my life. And him saying, oh, baby girl, it's not me, it's the Lord. Mm. You know, it just meant so much mm. to me. Sheila, tell a good tell a good Brother Dodson story. Uh, oh, my goodness. Brother Dodson. I remember growing up, we always went to the lake water skiing. I mean, that was our thing. Okay, I want to come back skiing. to that in just a second. I'm going to come back to that, but okay. keep, keep yeah. going, because there's a good story there. Okay, so anyway, and... I don't. I, I know it's not the first time we ever met Brother Dotson, but just his him being he was at the lake that day, and just seeing us as a family, and he I don't know it's just him loving on us. Hmm. You know he did, and and um, his wife Joyce Dotson hmm. the same thing. They've always just been. They were such a vital part of our growing up. I mean, Brother Dotson baptized all of us. Mm-hmm. He married all of us. You know, just the, I don't know, he's just been, a, he was a vital part of our lives growing up. 
He's just a he's a giant in he's our a giant in this church's and just history a and humble yeah. man. Yeah. Just a humble mm. man and would never take credit for anything. Yeah. It was always the Lord. Okay, so so, so a little random tangent here, but you know, I so my introduction to water skiing sort of was my family, but uh, a little had a lot more to do with with Lindsay's family. Lindsay's family grew up uh, going to the lake. They would they would go to the lake and they would go camping. And so I had been introduced to that when I was a teenager with my family a little bit. But then when I started dating Lindsay, they would go all the time. And then when we first got married, they would go all the time. So that's where I really, 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 really fell in love with it. Well, so Lindsay and I are going through this process. You know, this was while Sheila was working here, and we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna buy. Lindsay's dad's old boat and uh and we're gonna we're gonna do this as a as a family. And I was I remember asking Sheila, how do you teach kids to water ski? You know, I learned when I was, you know, in my late teens, I guess, mm-hmm. early twenties, how do you teach a kid to water ski? And she goes, Well, <laughs> I'll tell you how my dad did it. He got in the water with us in his lap and then would get pulled up with <laughs> us standing on his feet while he's skiing. And I just remember thinking, I will kill my kids doing that. There is no- my kids would never trust me to do no that. No way. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine how. So is that. That's how we learned. That's we, amazing. Daddy taught us to ski like that. That is amazing. And he would just say, hold on to my arms. And when I stand, you stand. And so we did. And he always said, if you fall, let go of the rope. <laughs> so he's Always. he's holding the rope with you, mm-hmm. and you're standing on the skis, and on up you go on yeah. his feet. That's that so is, cool. That's really cool. And that was our family vacations. I mean, we camped and skied. Yeah, and it was just a treasure. You know, Daddy made a homemade camper truck on the mm. back of our truck. There you <laughs> go. No kidding. Uh-huh. And we all stayed in that camper. It was just precious times. It was fun. All six of you mm-hmm. stayed in a. Camper mm-hmm. in the back of a pickup? Mm-hmm. We did. Fun. That's pretty. It can be done. It, it can be done. That's pretty amazing. It can that's be done. Pre- oh, man. I wish I want to see pictures of what that <laughs> camper was, looked like. That's fun. neat. So, you, I mean, that's, but that's what you, that's the world you grew up in was mm-hmm. a really tight knit. Tight knit. We had, we had horses and, you know, it was always, we did things as a family. You know, we'd ride horses, water ski. Just spend time together. So you, so you grew up in Nacogdoches and you went to SFA mm-hmm. for school, stayed here. Stayed here. Um, Jeff and I got married in uh, 1983. Okay. So next March we'll be married 40 years, which wow. is unbelievable. All right. How'd you meet Jeff Cupid? We got to have a, some Jeff time here. <laughs> Jeff and I knew each other in high school. He was friends with Lane, my brother. Okay. But I never went out with Jeff in high school. Um, we met actually in Miss Dotson's college Sunday school. Watch out here at Fredonia Hill, and started dating. And what was what was the first date with Jeff Cupid? The first date. What did we do? <laughs> I think we went to dinner and a movie. Classic. Yeah, classic date. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So we dated about a year and got engaged and got married the following year. Any any fun uh, from the early dating years? Any fun Jeff Cupid antics to uh, that the that the world can know? I'm sure. Yeah, there's, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. there's some that the world can't know, but um, oh goodness, 
I, not <laughs> nothing that the public can know. <laughs> nothing that Jeff wouldn't go. Now Sheila. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell that. I love that. I love that. Okay, so you know when my experience was obviously not the same as yours, but it has a lot of similarities in that I grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Certainly, early on in my childhood, there was I was pretty insulated. You know that. My world was people who thought like me, people who believed what I did, mm-hmm. people whose morality was in line with mine. And that was kind of that was kind of how I grew up. But there was a there was a shocking moment when I realized, oh, the rest of the world is really you know th- what I think is normal is really not normal. And uh, and I remember that, and it was really challenging uh, for my faith. It was I had to kind of dig in and go, okay, what do I really believe? And uh, is that just something that I've inherited for you? What was, what was the process, you know, growing up in an environment like that and staying in the same environment all the way through college, uh, and even into your adulthood and starting a family and all that stuff. How, what were, what were the moments where your, where your faith really kind of took root and became your own and not just kind of what your family in was? General. Yeah. I think, you know, we all, and I'm not going to say sit here and say that there have has not been tragedies in my life, because there has, mm-hmm. but it's all how you respond to that. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up with in a Christian environment and always having that relationship with the Lord has brought me through those tragedies. Mm-hmm. I started back, I don't know, probably, you know, you always read your Bible and all that, but Probably when I was 30, probably after Cody was born, I don't know, just imp- the Lord, because I was exhausted, you know, being a mom and working full time, drinking coffee, you're exhausted. <laughs> but the Lord just impressed on my heart to stop. And mm. so, and I think that's when I started drinking coffee, because I went through a, um, a Bible study here at the church that was called Diet Discipline and Discipleship, and it was getting your diet right, getting your um, discipline right, which is exercising, and then discipleship, getting up in the morning before the world goes crazy and having my cup of coffee and spending my time with the Lord and journaling things that He has taught me. That's when I really started that. Mm. And I think he did that to prepare me for what was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess it was earlier than that. It was probably 27 because J. Cole was, I was 27 when he was born and he was premature mm. and his lungs weren't developed. And so there was a period here and after he was born, he was in an incubator and mm. all these wires and all this stuff. And I remember, because I always wanted to be a mama, you know, I wanted to get married, wanted to be a mama. And him being sick mm-hmm. and just praying, Lord, please don't take this child. Mm. And I remember George and Carla Middlebrook came to see me and prayed with me. And we just prayed. And, Lord, you know, I don't, the Lord doesn't speak to me audibly, but he speaks to my heart. Mm-hmm. And him telling me, this child will not die. Mm-hmm. And he will do great things for me. And so you hold on to those promises, you know? And so then I think that's when I really started getting up in the mornings and having my quiet time Mm. 
before the because cra- it gets crazy out there. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you know, and then sometimes you have to have a quiet time at night saying, Lord, mess this up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, I messed mm-hmm. this whole day up because mm-hmm. my mouth, mm-hmm. usually. So anyway, then that, and then, so J. Cole was born in March of 88, and then Sabrina, my um, middle sister, got sick. Mm. Well, she was sick that year, but she was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor Mm. in August of 88 and had surgery. And Sabrina and I were like twins because we were so close in age. We lived together for about five years before either one of us got married. And so there was just a bond Mm. there. I mean, there's a bond between Kim and I and Lane and I, but Sabrina and I also had a special bond. So that crushed me Mm. when she got sick. And I remember her having surgery, and Sabrina always said, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. That was her thing. It's all going to be okay. And I remember after surgery, her coming out and pointing her finger at us and saying, I told you it was going to be okay. Mm. You know, and just, um, of course, our family was there. They've always been there, aunts and uncles and you know, praying over us and Sabrina. And I remember that doctor coming out and telling mom and dad that on a scale from one to four, four being the worst, Sabrina was a three. That's how Mm. bad her malignancy was. And mom looking at him and saying, you know what? There's a higher authority than you. Mm. And that doctor looking back and said, you know, you've got to face reality. And she said, this is my reality. Mm. You know, and so that the testimony that my parents and the love they showed her. Mm. So anyway, Sabrina, you know, and so that's when you stand on your faith. Mm. You know, well, you stand and you fall on your knees Mm. during those times because without the Lord, I don't know how people deal with things like that. Yeah. Because he's he was our peace. You know, Sabrina would quote Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, to run that race with perseverance mm-hmm. because of the glory set before her. You know, to Isaiah 26, 2, he will keep him in perfect peace mm. whose mind is stayed on thee. Yeah. So it's just scripture that she clung to, mm. that we clung to, and the peace that the Lord gave her and gave all of us, that it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So it was really you know, a special time, but a trying time. And then Sabrina had chemo and all of radiation and all of that. She actually um, passed away the day after surgery, and they resuscitated her, which caused her not to be able, not to have um, short-term memory, so she would forget. Mm. But anyway, just uh, just a piece that was over her the whole time. You know, she she. She could sing hymns. She would remember hymns that she learned when she hmm. was a child growing up in Fredonia Hill. And so it was just, a, you know, it was good. But just the care that my mom and dad showed her and the love. You know, you talk about laying down your life for a friend or a child. Yeah. They did that for hmm. Sabrina, and they would do that for me. Hmm. That's the kind of family, you know, I grew up in. Yeah. So just, um, I'm kind of probably chasing rabbits here okay. now. It's okay. Sorry. I want to. I, I want to talk to you about. There's a moment that uh, 
with Sabrina that really stands out to me. And of course, I you know wasn't there, but but have heard these stories, and I want to ask you that. But it sounds like what you're what you're describing is you know, when when you went through what you did with with J Cole, mm-hmm. you you realized maybe your need for real personal intimacy with the Lord where yes. it wasn't just, you know, read this, study this, but a need to, to personally meet with him at the beginning of each day. And that's kind mm-hmm. of, that was the prompting to, to go to that, that deeper place. Yes. And what it seems like you're describing is that once you went there and began to know the Lord in that way, that was that place of refuge from then on. Always. Psalms 91, you know, I wear a feather because he will hide you under his wings Mm -hmm. and cover you with his feathers. Mm. I mean, he is your refuge. Mm. He is the rock. There is no, he is your beloved. You know, you chase things and you chase people and you chase the world. Yeah. Christ is the beloved. Mm. You know, all the answers and all the peace is in him. Now, at what point? Now, so, one of the other things about you is you've got a, a, an incredibly long tenure working here at the church. Yes, you've been you've been a part of this church for a long time on staff. Yes, uh, for a long time. You finished with thirty five, thirty four, maybe. That's right. Close. That's right. That's <laughs> Somewhere right. in there. Round it up. Somewhere. Yeah, round it up. Let's get thirty five. Somewhere in there. So, so at what point do you start working at the church? I mean, have you? With J. Cole, had you started? I was always, I worked in banking and I was um, started at Stonefort, now it's Regions, used to be Stonefort National Bank. Stonefort's a, that's a great name. That's a great name, right? That's a great name. Yeah. And I was a teller there. And then I went to um, Southside National Bank and was a head teller and then was a vice president over operations. Because I've always had a mind. I mean, accounting's my thing. People mm-hmm. hate it, but I love it. That's my thing. <laughs> it's my thing. And so then in Jay was born in '88. So I guess in '89 there were some financial difficulties here at the church, and Dennis Jones. <laughs> I don't know if Dennis called me, but Jeff and I prayed about it because they posted the position, financial secretary or something. And um, so I met with the personnel committee, and Dennis Jones was the chairman. That's then. great. And I've known Dennis because he was friends with my mom and dad. Mm. You know, so I knew, I've known Dennis and Wilma since I was a girl. You know, and so they hold a special place in my heart. But anyway, um, I met with them, and I remember him asking me because I was going to take a considerable pay cut mm-hmm. from the bank to come to the church. And Dennis said, are you sure you want to do that? Mm. And I said, yes, because I've prayed about this, Mm. and this is where the Lord wants me. Mm. And I'll tell you, this is fun. It's probably not funny, but after the first week of working at the church, because you expect it to be one thing, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know if I expected angels up in the church office or something. Hey, don't don't be giving away any trade secrets. Hey, halos or whatever. But I remember after the first week telling my mom, I said, you know, it's a, sometimes it's a little bit different at the church. And she told me, I love my mom. She told me, she said, Sheila, and I think she learned this from Brother Dotson. Mm. 
She said, Sheila, do not look at men because men will fail you. Mm. Look at Christ and work for him. You know, and every time anything happened at the church, mm-hmm. you know, about staff, you know, yeah, some things yeah. happen. I'd always say that. Mm. It's all good because yeah. he's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so you look at Christ. And so you, okay, so you started here right in the, the middle of, I mean, going through what you did with J. Cole and then coming up yes, on Sabrina yes. and... Yes, that, that, that was, was the beginning I of your was, journey here. I, Sabrina got had surgery and got sick right before I started here at the church. But all through the whole years, and Sabrina used to come. We used to do the newsletters. Do you remember the newsletter? Mm. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I've written a few articles. Everybody no, but this used to you would fold it and tab it and put a label on it and take it to the post office. All yeah. that kind of that mm-hmm. kind of newsletter. For our younger listeners, that's the post office the is post where paper office. goes yes. to be you mailed out. All it's where your Amazon packages come from. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That mysterious <laughs> place. That <laughs> but Sabrina would come and help me put labels on the newsletters. That was her job. Wow. She loved it. Okay. I want to go back to Sabrina because uh, I had the uh, incredible honor of, uh, of preaching her funeral and in that process, you know, you hear so many stories mm-hmm. and got to meet with your family and, uh, and obviously knowing you as long as I did. So I started working here in 2011 mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's where I met Shelia or whatever, <laughs> I, whatever I thought. And, uh, but just had, just, you took me and my family under your wing and, and just were such a great friend to us in, in the whole process. And so in all of that, we became good friends and so heard lots of Sabrina stories. Well, one that I hadn't heard that I, that I did hear uh, meeting with your, your family was her perspective on the journey that was ahead of her. Now, I don't, I don't quite remember. I think this was pre-surgery. Uh, but I could be wrong. This may have been post-surgery, but I think this was pre-surgery. And mm. she stood up in front of the church and and just talked about what was ahead of her. She, Talk about um, that. She had surgery August the 10th, 88. But she, she had like, it was like two weeks, you know, like before she was going to have surgery. Mm. She had to yeah. wait, of course, because she went to... She actually had surgery in Methodist Hospital in Houston. Mm. And, um, she, you know, we were all... Sabrina was always so calm mm. about what was happening in mm-hmm. her life. And because she, she believed, like we believe, that God is sovereign mm. and that nothing passed to us that he first had not touched. Mm. And so if he touched it... It was going to be okay. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Hmm. You know, it's all good, right? And so she, you know, we, of course we were a mess crying. All of us were crying. But she stood and she asked the pastor, oh, I think it was Steve James at the time, mm-hmm. if she could say something in the service. And she said that. She got up there and she read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Can I read that mm-hmm. real quick? Yeah, go ahead. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Sabrina, if he was sitting at the right hand of God, he had her. Mm. It was all going to be okay. And Sabrina just, if she lived a day, if she lived 30 years, which is what it ended up being, it was all good. Mm. You know, Sabrina passed away in July 26, 2020. So I think it was 32 years, you know. And the miracle, she was not supposed to live two years. Mm -hmm. She was supposed to have been gone. Mm -hmm. And yes, she took chemo. She did take an experimental drug, but we believe the Lord took the tumor away from mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And the testimony that we've been able to share because of her, because anybody that has cancer, you know, that is the worst word to me mm-hmm. is yeah. cancer. But anybody that has it, and I, I mean, one day I was in this grocery store and this woman in front of me was telling the lady that she had just been diagnosed. And I said, you know, she, she was depressed and upset. And I said, but let me tell you, mm. let me give you some hope. Mm. You know, so just the testimony that Kim has shared, that Lane has shared, that mom and dad have shared, our family has shared with people that have no hope. There is hope. Mm. Mm. Because today... <laughs> She's alive. Mm-hmm. You know, she couldn't. She um, broke both of her hips, and Sabrina finally got what she was in a wheelchair. But that day that she passed away, she was walking. Mm-hmm. Wow. She was seeing full. Yeah. In Christ's face. You know, so she's healed completely. So I, I, can I share one more thing? Because yeah, yeah. this is one thing that I used, I've held on to with Sabrina. And I don't really know who even wrote this. It was in one of my devotions. But it says, um, we can be delivered from the fire and our faith is built. That means that the cancer is not there. We can be delivered through the fire and our, fi- and our faith is refined, purified. We can be delivered by the fire into his arms, and our faith is perfected. Mm-hmm. So she's perfect. Mm. You know, and it says, God always abides with us, but we are wise to remember that his ultimate goal is for us to abide with him, mm. literally. At some point, you and I are going home. He alone knows how. Sometimes God delivers us from the fire. Other times he delivers us through the fire, and still other times he delivers us by the fire into his arm. What motivates the difference? Somehow and in some way, glory is at stake. Mm. Our God is able to deliver us every time. And how often he does. If ever he does not and the flames of death or tragedy consume us, it is to light a fire somewhere mm. and in some heart that can never be extinguished. Trust him in the death and trust him through the death in the blink of an eye will understand. Well, and that's why I think I love that because the thing that, that struck me about the story of her standing up in front of the church was, and I'm not going to quote her obviously exactly here, but she basically told the church, I know, you know, I, 
though there's so much unknown, mm-hmm. I also know that it's a tough road ahead. Yeah. But I want to tell you as her church, I want to tell you that I want the Lord to use this in whatever way he, he wants to use it. And that was kind of, that was her perspective yes. going, yes. going in was before that this is to be surgery. surrendered before, yes. before surgery, before any of it. And, and I think, you know, you, you the, the quote there was it's, it's to light a fire somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is, man, if, if you were to reflect on, the years of her life. And then even since her passing, how many times her story and her testimony has been used to encourage somebody else, to build somebody else's faith, to testify about God's goodness. I mean, you could tell, you could tell story after story about how her life has, has impacted others. I mean, even in the, in the grocery line, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. Which is such a, a ministry, you know. Yeah. I hated that Sabrina got sick at sure. such a young age. Sure. Didn't choose that for her, didn't mm-hmm. want that for her. And I remember one time saying, you know, I remember her how she was before she got sick and how she was when she was sick. Both were a blessing. Mm. You know, she was a blessing in my life before she got sick. But she was a blessing in all of our lives after she got sick because never did mom or dad or, and it was hard. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. not easy. It was yeah. hard. But never did they, never were we bitter or say, I mean, and granted, you might say, why? Everybody says, why? Mm-hmm. But what's at stake, you know? Sabrina, if Sabrina could save someone, you know, or someone come to know, not her save someone, but someone come to know the Lord because of her experience, it's well worth it. Hmm. And we may never know this side of heaven, Mm -hmm. the influence that she had or that we've had because of her testimony. Mm -hmm. How, How do you explain it? I mean, at such a young age... I mean, she's in her twenties to come to that profound of a uh, realization that I'm going to, I know that this is going to be difficult and I'm not trying to listen. I, we're not trying to paint this like it was every day was easy for her just because she figured it out it was very, the Lord's. I mean, these, hard. these are talking, we're talking about tremendous physical challenges. We're talking about a war that she went into yes. and, but, but to come to that realization that I am, I am safe, regardless of what I'm going to face, if I just turn this over to the Lord, where, where does that come from? It comes from the Lord, Kendall. Yeah. I mean, it comes from years of us putting our faith in Him. Mm. You know, and I think you may have said this one time. I don't, I'm not sure. If but, it's smart, it's unlikely. Okay. No, but it's <laughs> even though and nonetheless, even though those trials come, nonetheless, I will praise you. Because we live in a world that's trying, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's messed up. Yeah. But God hasn't changed. Mm. 
he's still faithful. He's still loving. When Sabrina got sick, when J. Cole was born early, Cody was born early too. Hmm. He didn't change. Yeah. He was still there. You know, that point, the footprints in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a song about that too. Somebody sings. I feel like there probably is. But, yeah. um, he, ca- you know, when you look back and there's one set of footprints, he's carrying you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that the blessing, because we've always known that. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all, all of us, Kim, Lane, Sabrina, and I've all had to come to the realization that we were sinners. Our parents and our grandparents didn't save us. Mm-hmm. We had to come to the realization that we're sinners and Christ died for me. Yeah. You know, he saves me. He's my salvation. Mm. But it's that legacy that our grandparents left us. Yeah, you saw you saw it. You saw it you modeled, know, you saw, saw it lived it, out. Yeah. yeah, played out. Yeah. Over, you know, that's all that's all we knew. Yeah. Is God's goodness. That he was going to take care of us. Yeah. And he's going to take care of us tomorrow. He took care of us yesterday and today. So he'll always be there for us. We we got into this a little bit with, with Brittany Middlebrook. And we've it's we've touched on it in stories where where people have experienced tragedy and these these unimaginable moments that kind of happen upon you and and we've we've talked a little bit about how do you how do you get ready for something like that? How do you be how do you get how do you get ready for that? And the thing that, that she said that really stood out and I think you're saying the same. I think you're you're touching on the same thing. And I'm gonna kind of just summarize what she said. You can go back and listen to her her episode and and hear her words. But you don't you don't you don't get ready. That it's not that making it through in moments like that is not this feat of strength or courage that yeah. you were somehow ready for. But it's actually the opposite. It's it's finding that you can do nothing that you can't make it and that you just completely rely on who God says that he is. And you find in those moments that he, that he carries you. And I think about, you know, Jesus saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will, and I will give you rest. And that's, that's that promise. And it seems like what you're saying is that that was actually the realization that Sabrina came to was it wasn't that she was this strong, courageous, super Christian. It was that she found that in the Lord, it was a place to be trusted that I could fall back on him. I, even in my life now, it's called the prayer of relinquishment Mm -hmm. because there's some things in your life that are so painful and hurt so bad. They are for no one else, but the Lord. Yeah. And those are the prayers that you fall on your face before him mm. and you relinquish all control. Mm. And not that the next day you don't try to take it back because mm-hmm. you do, because you're human and you want to fix it. I'm mm. a fixer. Mm. I want to fix everything. And mm. you can't. Mm. You have to relinquish control. And you have to say, Lord, <laughs> I will stand here and I will wait. I will wait for you. Because I don't see tomorrow, but you do. You see around that path. Mm. You see what's going to happen. And in that is my trust. Mm. That he's already gone before me. Yeah. 
And that was Sabrina's. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew that it had already passed through his hands. Mm-hmm. He, he knew her future, and he was going to carry her. And so he did, and he carried all of us with her. You know, I mean, he carries, and I'm not going to sit here and say that you don't miss her. I miss her every day. Sure. My mom, I've never lost a child. That's her child. Mm-hmm. She misses her. You know, but the beauty of it is, here on earth, it seems like forever. I believe in a, it's not that way for Sabrina. Hmm. Sabrina, when we see Sabrina go, she'll probably say, What took you so long? Or she may say, I just saw you yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's the beauty of it. And that's the legacy because we will see her again. You know, and the legacy that you pass on to your kids and yeah. friends. Sheila, I want to I want to close and circle kind of back around to this moment in your thirties. Yes, where you said that, where that shift occurred, where you where you started really pursuing personal relationship with God, pursuing that that daily conversation mm-hmm. with Him, and I think. Certainly, for uh, for those of us that are that are believers, um, I think all of us deep down would say, "I want that so bad." You know, I I I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Christian that's like, "No, nah, I'm good." You know, I'm I'm now so I'm, but I think all of us on some level long for that, and and look, that's because that's what we're made for. Mm-hmm. We're we are made for close communion with God. And, but, but many of us, our worlds are constructed in such a way we're busy. We slam everything full. We're in control. We've got deadlines and agendas and, you know, you said it, the, and the world on top of all that, the world's crazy. (laughs) So though it's something we might long for, for many of us, it's something that stays what feels like stays at arm's length. I imagine that today somebody's listening to you and they're going, oh, I want, I want that. So, so put yourself in a room where somebody comes to you and says, Sheila, that th- whatever happened to you at 30, I want that. I want to, I want to draw near to God like that. Where do I begin? How do I do that? What, what would you say to somebody that wants to step into relationship with God like that? It's there. And it's easy. You just have to make the decision to do it. Why is it? Why is it easy? That's I didn't expect you to use that word. Why did you say that? Why would I say it's easy? Yeah, because as a Christian, and you said it, we all long for that. God hasn't moved. He hasn't gone anywhere. All you have to do is stop. We just overcomplicate it. That's essentially you what... You do. Yeah. Stop mm. and stand still. Maybe it's not an hour in the morning. Maybe you choose to go to bed when your babies go to bed mm. instead of watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get up earlier. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we ch- and that's another thing, is you chase after God, just stand still. Mm. You know, just Stop. Stop fighting, just cease 
be still, right? Yeah. It's not. It's not doing more. It's doing, it's doing less. Less. Just stop mm. and listen, hmm. because he'll show up. Yeah. Just breathe in and breathe out. Hmm. And I love that. I love that. And can we just let's just let's just wrap with that as a as a a great challenge for all of us. Yeah. Just what what would it look like as you just listen to Sheila encourage us to just to just stop that it's not that God you're you're somehow chasing after him as if he is this distant far away but he's present in there and and so much of our uh, issue is that that we just don't stop. So what would it look like for you to I don't know this week maybe go to bed early maybe maybe turn off the netflix right okay mm-hmm. turn off the netflix and and go to bed 30 minutes earlier so that 30 minutes before the chaos you can rise and just breathe and just meet with, with god yeah, yeah. I, it's that th- easy the, i mean that's what i'm saying it's yeah, that easy there. it's that begin yeah. there yeah i love that i love that man sheila thank you so much for being with us there's so much more we could we could talk about. Uh, there's a whole world of Jeff Cubitt stories. That there are a world of Jeff that are not stories. internet ready. The yeah, internet is not censored. ready for Jeff Cubitt. <laughs> you know, I used to when when I worked as getting to know Jeff. Jeff, I still don't know if he could really hypnotize me. I mean, he he keeps he telling me he can. So, he can. but anyway, I I used to call Jeff Jason Bourne because. It's like he's got all you, these stories. You just really don't, just know, don't know where he's know. been, what he's done. We just really don't know who is Jeff Cupid. Mysterious. <laughs> anyway, there's tons of stories we could tell there. But man, thank you for opening your world to us and that journey uh, with us. I know that that folks listening appreciate it. We sure appreciate it. And uh, thanks for spending the time. Thank you. We've got we've got great guests around the corner. We do, but we are rounding the corner oh, on this you. season. We've only got four or five episodes left on this season. And then what, Blake? Well, that's that's yet to come. <laughs> what? That's code for we don't know. Oh, no. We, we always have a plan, <laughs> Oh, right? we do? Okay, yeah, yeah. We have a plan. We have a plan. That's crazy. We're almost done with this season. We are. Yeah, Christmas is a-coming. Christmas mm-hmm. time's a-coming. Who says that? Who sings that line? Christmas Ricky's time's Ricky's There you go. That's yeah. a good one. Okay. I thought I'd one throw One of my favorites. One. Yeah, there we go. Hey, if you have uh, comments, feedback... We would love to hear from you. Uh, write us, uh, call us, text us. Mm-hmm. You can find us. Let us know how these stories have impacted you. Let us know how Sheila's story has impacted you. Let us know how Sabrina's story yeah. has continued to impact uh, lives. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will see you on episode 62. Adios. Adios.